Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello and welcome to Conscious Business and part two of this conversation about the dip. Now if you're just tuning in today, you might want to pause this episode, head back and check out 142 called The Dip Part 1. Then you're going to learn exactly what the dip is, why it's so important, and that will help you get so much more out of this juicy interview and fun interview that I'm doing today. Now my goal in these episodes on the dip is to really educate you about what they are, to make you conscious about them, right? And also to normalize and understand that we all get here sometimes, and that's okay. Now, I have had many dips since I first launched my business, and to prove it to you, last week I promised that I would track down someone who had actually been there with me crying on the bathroom floor. Well, okay, we weren't actually crying on the bathroom floor. That's just a metaphor I like to use to communicate messy. It was messy and ugly and serious. So this week, I want to welcome our special guest on the show today. She is truly one of my favorite human beings. Welcome to Wanna Dragon. She has not only been a huge supporter of the business and the podcast, she's also responsible for many of the stunning photos of me on my website. She is an incredibly talented photographer and videographer. She's traveled around the world, not only through Canada and U.S. extensively, but also to Peru and India, Namibia, Mongolia, Russia, China. Uh, She's done relief work in Japan. She's done Kilimanjaro, Uganda, Cuba, Haiti. You know, I'm not even going to try to list all the places in the world she's been. If you want to see for yourself, you can check her out on Instagram at Wanna Dragon. And yes, I will spell that for you. So at O-A-N-A underscore D-R-A-G-A-N. And I should give you a heads up. This is a very, very casual interview. It was just the two of us hanging out at my place drinking tea, having a chat. And so I would love to invite you to just grab a cup of tea, sit back and hang out with Juan and I as we chat about the dip, my experience there, her experience there, and we share some of our wisdom that we've learned along the way. Now in this first segment, we share the story which is kind of funny, of how we first met. And since I love talking about winks from the universe, this is the most perfect wink from the universe about the two of us needing to be friends. The universe just kept pushing us together to the point where we actually moved into the same building without even knowing. And so, yeah, we finally listened to the universe who kept giving us all these messages that, hey, We have to be friends. We had so much in common. We sat down for coffee and realized we had the same values, the same beliefs, same spiritual leaders that we believed in. We'd read the same books, traveled to the same places. And believe it or not, we'd actually been to the exact same psychic in England, in Selfridges, down on the ground floor, way in that little corner, the psychic sisters. And we had both been to the exact same place. Unbelievable. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy this interview with Juana and I. But it means a lot to me that you are a huge supporter and you have been from the very beginning. Yeah. Which is exactly 
why we are here today. So I did last week an episode called The Dip, and The Dip Mm -hmm. is something we've talked about a lot on this podcast because, as you know, we have highs in life, we have lows in life, and it's just a natural cycle that, you know, we have of breakdowns and breakthroughs, and we can't have the really highs without the real lows. You know, especially being an entrepreneur, we go through The Dip quite a bit, And, and The Dip, for anybody who's just joining us is really that place, that icky place where we just feel completely helpless, like there's no tomorrow that we just have been given more than we can handle in this moment. That shows up for different in different ways for different people, um, but we all get to that place, especially as entrepreneurs, right? You know this place well. Yeah, definitely. You've been, um, you've been in the dip? Of course, many times, um, but it's also, like you said, without the contrast, you can't enjoy the highs without the lows, and the better ways you know how to deal with it the easier and smoother the ride will be yeah. before my dips used to take may- maybe months at a time now it could even be a couple of minutes to an hour to half an hour once you really understand why they're there and what serve uh, what purpose they serve and how you can best deal with them i think you can use them as a launching pad to get yourself into even greater depths of clarity and happiness and joy i, I love this because the way you're looking at dips is the amount of time it takes you f- to recover and get out of them yeah. right Kind of like recovering from a hangover. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I think the more you resist dips, as opposed to just welcoming them, knowing that like you have the tools to deal with them, then you're in a good place. But as long as I'm scared of the dips, I don't want to dip, then you're resisting them, you're pushing them away. And guess what? You're probably more keen to attract them. The resistance persists, right? Because contrast, we came here for a reason. We came here to experience contrast. We didn't come here to be happy all the time, but I do think you could be experiencing highs maybe 95% of the time and have the dips for 5% of the time but it's really up to the individual person and how much they resist that dip but I think if you experience the dip see what it shows you and then get aligned with what you now want it makes the dip you'll actually think the dip yeah (laughs) I love it I love it yeah you'll think the dip yeah that's so good and to me so for me in my language I kind of use that as consciousness right so I say the more you can be conscious or present that you are in it the quicker it is you can get out of it right like I'm a big follower of Abraham Hicks's teaching so I think a lot of my knowledge base comes from what they say it's it's what's worked for me to be honest because you just have to accept that that's just a natural part of life and it's gonna happen but in the same way, it's like you just prepare yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we, we can talk about some tools about, you know, dip-proofing yourself oh, yeah. or how to thank the dip afterwards. Should we go through actually and tell everybody how we met? Yeah, it was actually really interesting. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think that we were, the universe kind of just kept throwing us together. Yeah. So basically, I got into my big Bikram phase where I did it religiously for a pretty long time. And you were my Bikram yoga instructor on Friday mornings. I remember loving your class because you just had a very soothing voice. Oh, thank and you. And I just, I always made it a point to come to your Friday morning class. And you had your spot, right? Do you remember where yes. your spot was? You're yes, always right in, in the, the corner. corner. <laughs> Beside the mirrors, <laughs> on the hottest yours. side. I was torturing myself. <laughs> Um, I always thought people went in that spot because they had a good way to see themselves in the forward folds. Yeah, Yeah, you can really pay attention to your posture. Yeah, 100%. And it was kind of hotter, so in a way I kind of enjoyed more of the heat, but then when the aircon came on, 
Like oh yeah, you're right under the fans, yeah. right? Very yeah. strategic. That is a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we obviously started bonding there and talking here and there, but then I noticed you lived in my building. <laughs> yes. How random was that? Yeah. 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 And then we just kept kind of meeting. And it's funny because at that point I didn't really, I wasn't a big believer in like, oh, you keep meeting people, you know what I mean? For a reason and da, da, da. But it just felt right. Like I just kept running into you. I liked your energy. And I, I don't know how we started hanging out, but I guess one of us must have suggested coffee or something like yep. that. We and went then, to, we went to second cup. Right? We oh, met, yeah. yeah, in our building there. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah you're right. We and met then, for coffee. Yeah, and then from there, I guess, like, the rest is history. And that was it. I remember, so my version is pretty much the exact same version. I remember going on that coffee and thinking, oh, yeah, she's really spiritual. I like this chick. Yeah, so that must have been after Japan then. It was definitely after Japan. Okay, yeah. Yeah. sweet. Yes, yeah. you would have sense. that experience. Um, and uh, and it was just this instant connection, right? We yeah. believed in the same things. Yeah. You know, we had the same values. And we were at a different different places in, in age, but like in our journey of spirituality at a similar place. Yeah. So that was really cool. Now in this next segment, I asked Juana to recall a time when I was in the dip, when she was right there with me, watching me, ugly crying, and, you know, again, metaphorically on the bathroom floor, just completely wanting to give up, questioning my dream, feeling hopeless, and wondering why I gave up my cushy job in corporate to live this stressful life as an entrepreneur. We also talk about the brilliant way that she really listened to, witnessed, and handled my dip. But I want to dive into kind of the main reason why you're here today, which is I wanted to talk about my dips. Yes. And they are many and they are ugly. <laughs> you know, I can count on one hand the number of people that I've been able to lean into and really yeah. just let them see the ugly points of yeah. being completely stuck and completely helpless and not even sure whether I wanted to continue and go forward or not. I don't think I remember really how bad it was. Yeah. So can you go with me? We're going to take a little travel back in time. Of course. I'm not sure whether this would be four years ago. No, it was definitely longer. Definitely it longer. It was probably me during university or right after I came back from Japan. Oh, okay, okay. So it was definitely it way, was way more than beginning. six years ago. Yeah, because I think, well, I've been in this place for three years. Yeah. So it was probably... Probably my first or second year of business then, yeah. maybe, at the and very, very beginning. And so I know, I don't know whether it was because I trusted you as a friend, but I, I quite often lean into people who I know can handle it, if yeah. that makes any sense. Of course. Right? Because I don't, I don't want to open up the kimono and lean into someone who I think I'm going to completely overwhelm. Yeah. Um, but I just knew with you I could completely open up and trust you with everything. Yeah. And so do you remember me having just completely being in the dip, having that total breakdown of, I don't want to do this anymore? Was that one time? Was it many times? What's to be your... honest, I think you're a little bit hard on yourself because I don't, when I think about our friendship, I don't remember like that many dips. I do remember one night in particular um, a very specific night and just a period. But then other than that, I don't recall, you know, you always, cause I'm very weary of like, if someone's constantly complaining or yeah. like, you know, talking about their dips, it would be something that really, um, stuck out to me. But I do remember a little brief period of time where I remember being at your apartment one night and you were It was going like my Sunday dip. nights, right? My food prep night. Exactly. It was your food prep night. I remember that. And you were, and I was amazed at how you were doing this. You'd literally prep your food for the entire week. And yeah, I mean, it was, again, we spoke about it and it was, it was this feeling of kind of like 
I guess it was just kind of this unclear, this doubt of if you've made the right decision going on this route that was unconventional. Yeah. And you're almost wondering if it was better that you played it safe. Um, and you just, it's kind of that feeling of like not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. That's what I remember and feeling, yeah, just hopeless. Just hopeless and really stuck. Yeah. And, and really it, stuck. And just almost like, just not sure if like. Yeah, things were going to work out, really. Yeah, like had I made the right decision. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was like, okay, I could have played it safe because I had a corporate job and I could have, you know, continued on that path and gotten my pay. I remember something about like, at least with that job, you have your constant paycheck. You don't have right. to like worry about it. Now it's coming back a little bit more. Um, and it was, yeah, like just kind of that regret, you know, like that kind of, well, what if I'd stayed on that path? Things would be a lot easier. I wouldn't have to overthink things. I wouldn't, you know. So questioning the dream. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for me, there was, you know, I recall many, probably more than five, but less than 10 moments of really in that first couple of years, questioning whether I made the right decision and, and, and saying, I think I'm going to tap out for a while, but never did I think I ever wanted to give up. That's what I remember. Yeah. You know what? I never actually, you're very right. I never sensed this idea that like, I never thought anywhere you would ever give up on your dream. You know, I mean, with some people you kind of do like, okay, I think they might actually, but with you, I just felt like you were kind of just going through the motions, but I never, I never believed you would actually back off of it. Yeah. I think by that point you kind of had gone too far in. Yeah. You invest so much, right? So much time and money and effort. Yeah. Into things. yeah, Yeah. And you like, you knew too much to give up on your dream. Yeah. But you just needed, and I remember having um, moments of, what do I need to do? I know I need to do something, but and I'll do it, whatever it is, to get me through this. But just tell me what it is, you know, that I need to do. patience, maybe? No, I always think it's courage. It's like you're not stepping up and putting yourself out there enough. I always think that that's the one thing that entrepreneurs need to do the most. Yeah. So I'll just want to pause and say thank you. My hands are on my heart right now. Thank you for witnessing and bearing and uh, experiencing one of my dips. Do you remember you and how you handled it? Do you you remember how you handled it? It's kind of hard to be honest. Okay, I'll tell you what you did. You sat there and you listened to me Mm -hmm. and you were so grounded and you were so fierce and you were so compassionate. You didn't do the demeaning, oh, you know what, you're fine, you're going to get through it and list off all these, um, the positive things that you saw in my life. Because when you're in that place, that deep, deep place, the last thing you want is to hear someone be all Pollyanna and tell you how amazing your life is and it's okay, you're going to be fine and what you're going through isn't real. You didn't do that. And I think that was the right way to handle it. So I want to say thank you. Of course, you're welcome. Okay, and this next segment, our conversation starts to get really, really deep. And we talk about how the dip can actually be really, really painful and potentially even fatal. So I want to give you a warning that we do discuss the topic of suicide in this next segment which may be a difficult topic for some of you. So if you need to pause, if you need to take a break, please take self-care and do what you need. You can finish this interview later and you might wanna do that. You know, sometimes we look at people, especially celebrities or really, really successful entrepreneurs and we think so-and-so has it all or they've made it and they're rich and famous and so they live this life that is problem-free. They live in bliss all the time that they are immune to the dip. But this is absolutely not the case. 
Um, and I feel like this is, you know, not only something that is topical for entrepreneurs, but something that really applies to everyone. Yeah. We all, no matter where you are in your life, what age you are, what experience you are, what amounts of fame you have, everyone goes through the dip. Everyone does. Yeah. And that is really the main purpose of this podcast is normalizing the experience that we all have as entrepreneurs because when you're in it and you're isolated, you think you're the only one that knows what it's like and that's not the case. Yeah, I completely agree and I think it comes at a time when, again, being news relevant, a lot of people that were big in their fields, Avicii, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, all at the top of their game. Unfortunately, they found themselves in a dip. They were in a dip. And and they chose to end it, you know. Um, And to me, just, you know, to me, it was very impactful, especially when it came to Anthony Bourdain, because it was someone that I had on my vision board. Uh, When people would ask you that question of like, hey, if you were to have lunch with three people, who would it be? Anthony Bourdain was one of them. And he was one of them for you. Yeah, 100%. Like, and it's because I work in the travel industry. And to me, his job was like my dream job, travel the world, which I, I, I sort of do to a certain extent now, but like travel the world with a big crew and, you know, be the host and meet all these amazing people. And his show wasn't so much about travel and food. That was just a platform to talk about, well, pretty much opening up the world to the world, you know, um, especially America and you using CNN as a platform to look at other cultures and be like, Hey, you know what? They're kind of like us. Sure. Maybe they eat different food. Maybe they have different customs around food, but at the core people just want to be happy. And, you know, obviously they talk about political things and all these things that can go on it like for, you know, hours, but at the core of it, it really struck a chord with me. Cause it was like, Hey, this is someone that I thought in my head that once I get there, that's it. My life's good. I'm not going to have dips then. Why would I have dips? You know, I have my own show. Like he was, you know, he was obviously married at one point and then had like an 11 year old daughter. So to me, it really, I got pretty emotional about it, to be honest. It felt like someone that I knew and I'd never met him died. Like I, and it's incredible how you can feel like you know someone. Yes. um, And having never met them, you know? Um, But I really truly felt like, I knew him and it was interesting because I watched like a CNN uh, show that was remembering him and mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper, who's also someone I really admire and look up to. He said when he turned 50, um, he looked at Anthony Bourdain and was like, man, that man is 60. But when I'm 60, if I can age like him, that'd be amazing. Because everyone just, you know, looked up to him and he was, he was a really cool person. He was a really genuine person, you know, and people really felt that. definitely felt a connection to him yeah. it, because he's someone you admired. Yeah, I pretty much felt like if I could achieve what he did, I would have made it. So to me, that's what the surprising... It, it kind of started because I felt like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm about... I'll just give away my age. I'm about 30 right now. And, you know, you kind of have those things where it's like, oh, I'm not really exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, I could right. be doing more with my life. You know, I could meet someone and I could be married right now, but I'm not. It's kind of this constant feeling of incompleteness. But meanwhile, here's a person in my mind who I thought had everything that I could ever want and, you know, does something like this. So it kind of made me wonder, like, how much of your happiness is really on these outer conditions happening and how much is it in an internal state? Okay, so this is good. And I feel like there's some good, like, wisdom and teachable moments here. Yeah. So you admired him. You put him, is it fair to say you put him on a a pedestal? He was on my vision board. And so when someone like that that you look up to... Um, goes and takes their own life how does that change the way that you look at life it honestly for a long time I had a problem with being present I was always like I you know I always was two steps ahead of myself and not to say that I'm not looking forward to the future 
but I was like, hey, at the end of the day, I really do want to be happy and I do want to be fulfilled. And I thought once I get to that level, I can really be happy and fulfilled. And while I'm on the way there, you know, there's always going to be the sense of incompleteness until I achieve that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just made me realize that like, really, like I just have now. And if I'm not enjoying now, what makes me think that all of a sudden when I get there, I'm going to be any different. Yeah. You know, um, it really sunk in and made me want to enjoy the present moment a lot more and stop I remember reading this book called Letters to My 26-Year-Old Self, Mm. and it was all these famous people writing letters to their former younger selves. And they were business people, they were, you know, successful entrepreneurs, just everything imaginable. And I remember, again, I read it a long time ago, but uh, the one theme that came from it was they all kind of said in more or less the same words, if I were to write back to my former self, I would say, I wish you enjoyed the moment more because you were so busy getting where you thought you needed to go because it would make you that much happier. But, you know, I'm here right now and I can tell you it kind of feels the same, you know, and whether you're making a million dollars a year in revenue or, you know, a hundred million dollars, it's like you're still carrying the same mentality with you. And it really is just about the journey and you are going to get where you want to go. But what's the point if you're not enjoying where you are right now? Oh, so wise. And so to me, it definitely put a lot of things into perspective, and I've been a lot more present um, in terms of just enjoying where I'm at. And also, yeah, yeah, I mean, I learned many things. Which is interesting for me, because I already consider you a very, very grounded and present person. Yeah. So it's it's kind of taking you a couple levels deeper. Oh, 100%. So. 100, I, 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 like, pretty much, if I wasn't at work, I would be crying, like, after I heard the news. It was, yeah. it, it felt like a friend of mine had... Yeah, it was, isn't it was it? a very interesting yeah. feeling. I've never had that before. I mean, I've had like celebrities that I like, even Avicii, I liked his music and I was saddened by it. But with Anthony Bourdain, it was just, I couldn't even, I was at my parents, visiting my parents and I was watching some of his shows and I honestly felt like there was a sad, like I was like, wow, like I can't, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I got like even emotional watching his shows again, you know? To me, it's sad because, well, it's sad that someone feels like they are in a place that they can't change anything and they do take their own life. Yeah. Because that never does fix anything. Yeah. Um, but it also saddens me because there were so many people around him that yeah. the other suicide I think that really hit me hard was Robin Williams years yeah. ago. Because someone like that who is so happy and joyous on the outside, yeah. to know that they were suffering so badly on the inside, yeah. that is just the, the most heartbreaking. Yeah. of all and and I think it's it's hard for people around them who feel like if only I knew what they were really really dealing with every yeah. day so last week I challenged you to find a dip buddy remember and to make a pact with them did you do it yet I hope so in this segment Wana shares three great tips of what you can do if you find yourself in the dip. And so I feel like this is, you know, such a great opportunity for us to just, can we take a minute to talk about some action steps? You know, and and last, in last week's episode, I prompted everyone to make a dip buddy, to make a pact with someone to say, um, if I ever get in the place, if I ever get in the dip, I'm going to call you, I'm going to text you, I'm going to FaceTime you, I'm going to send you a carrier pigeon, whatever it is, I'm going to let you know that I'm in that place or I think I'm close to that place. And I'm going to need you to just pull me out and, and keep an eye on me. But just make sure that you tell them. It's not enough to just reach out and say, hey, how are you? And expect them to telepathically know what's going on. You have to actually name it. You said, I remember 
overhearing that Kate Spade, it was the same sort of story. I mean, I'm not completely sure. I just overheard it on the radio. People who knew her were like, we don't get it. She was just happy. and She was bubbly all the time, you know? So these people have this idea that this person, because they have all these things that are amazing in their life, they don't, they do a good job of masking how they really feel on the inside, you know? And again, I can't say what kind of person Anthony Bourdain was. I never met him, but maybe he just put this like strong exterior because he didn't want to burden people with this mm-hmm. sort of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I mean, I mean, I mean, who knows? You never know, but I completely, I, like, I can see that, like opening up to someone, just talking about it. And again, I think it's just understanding that everyone goes through it and normalizing mm-hmm. it. Because like you said, when you're in the de- depth of it, you think no one, this is just me. I'm well, you feel crazy. isolated. Yes. You know, and you feel like no one will understand. And what you lose is perspective. Yeah. And so that's what your dip buddy needs to be, is yeah. that person who's saying, okay, I see where you are. Yeah. And they have to help get you to the other side of that, to yeah. see the perspective of whatever it is. Or just like cry in the bathroom floor with you, whatever yeah. it is that you need. But have someone that's going to be that voice of reason that's going to remind you. And, and that's important. It's Because I feel like just having that accountability to a person yeah. helps you feel not so alone in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And I also just think it's very important in our society to stop placing our self-worth based on us achieving these goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big reason where all these dips come from. It's like, well, failure, if I fail at this goal, it means I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough. And, you know, I think a lot of the time there's this kind of shame that I put myself out there and I didn't make it. That must mean I'm a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, once you start tying your self-worth to you succeeding then you have a lot more to lose, right? Yes, it is. It's like a slippery slope, right? To put that much expectation. And the other thing too is I think there's, the other way to look at it is the comparison. And as I always say, comparison is the thief of connection. Yeah. Because when you're looking at someone and you're saying, oh, they have this, they're so happy over there, you're denying your experience in this moment, but you're also putting an unrealistic expectation on them. Yeah right that they should be happy wherever they are and you know what we've all got crap no matter where we are what level like you said earlier how much money you have how much fame you have um everyone's got issues no matter where they are and you never know what people are carrying as baggage and you i've like one thing i've kind of realized in my life is Mm -hmm. never assume that you know someone and yeah. you never know in my eyes I thought Anthony Bourdain's this cool man and like he yeah. has his, and that being said it could have just been a very dark episode that led him to do like I'm sure he wasn't miserable all the time and then all of a sudden decides to do this again like it's hard to comment on something like this and it feels weird to do it because it's like yeah like I'm, I'm not in this man's shoes but it just goes to show that it's like you just never know I mean especially in this Instagram world where you see all these people that have perfect lives you know, when you kind of tend to go, especially don't, when you're on a dip, don't go on Instagram. That's <laughs> yeah, another that's rule. Good, that because is. then everyone has a better life than you and you no, start but going it's down. True. And, and we have to put that in air quotes, right? Someone yeah. has a perfect life. Like yeah. we never, no one has a perfect yeah. life, right? Yeah. They have, we perceive them to have a perfect life, yeah. but it absolutely is not, right? Because yeah. things do come up, you know, insecurities come up, things that no longer serve you that are trying to get out. And I find that, you know, and I always talk about this, I rave about meditating and gratitude journal. Like to me, those are non-negotiables. And to me, those are preventative, right? Would you say that that's a good preventative practice to have? I think that's you aligning with your source. I think that it's in the same way that you, every single morning you take a shower to wash the dirt off your body and cleanse your body. Meditation is cleansing your mind and allowing you to have a full connection with your source. To me, it's like I would never leave my house without brushing my teeth and taking a shower. 
meditation is even more important. Like I would, I'm at the point in my life where I'd rather <laughs> not, not brush, brush my teeth, teeth, chew some gum, <laughs> and I because I just do see the importance of it. I yeah. like, I really do. Like if you want to get guidance and you want to listen to your wisdom, you have to block out all the other noises. I love it, and I I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And. Yeah. I think if, if there's anybody listening that isn't meditating, please yeah. start meditating. I can't say it enough, yeah. but I really do believe it's like Teflon to me, right? Yeah. Like once you have your, your meditation practice built, whatever, things are still going to come at you, yeah. but you're going to be able to deal with them that much more easily. easily. You're going to be that much more uh, strong to see things for what they are and to get perspective and to reach out to your dip buddy and say, hey, I'm in that place. I need some help. You know, yeah. um, I just need to talk, whatever that happens to be but yeah it's a beautiful piece of advice so that's two things that you've thrown out so one is meditation and having a spiritual practice that is daily that is non-negotiable because that's what will allow you to build up the muscle to to have perspective when things show up and the other brilliant (laughs) one you said was don't go on social media when you're in the dip yeah I think that's the probably because again you're just going to start comparing yourself to other people's lives and you're just going to go on a downward spiral and then you're going to find evidence you're going to go out there and find evidence as to why your life is so awful and everyone else is living this happy happy life of course and it's also picking the right dip buddy that will understand this and that is you know that is not going to jump in the well with you you know like they said it's like when you're rescuing someone that's in a low place are you going to jump in the well with them or are you going to throw them a rope and teach them how to climb you know that's so true because that's what we learned in swimming lessons right yeah. you don't jump in to save them you throw them the the yeah. lifesaver device yeah. and i do believe that because them coming down to your level is only going to feed that energy you know they see you and they have compassion for where you are but they also understand your greater well-being mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's and that's very important right because if they equalize with you and go yeah you're right like life is you know what i mean that's not going to be very helpful right so you have to be careful with choosing a dip buddy i guess that's important that's a good that's a really good point actually so i think it it requires people to have a really courageous conversation to say this is what it looks like when i get here and this is how you can help me yeah because like i said you know you did such a great job of just witnessing what i went through yeah and and being grounded and not getting sucked into it with me and that's what I really needed. And, and I didn't need a cheerleader. When, when I was at my dad's funeral, there was a lot of people. This was the biggest trigger for me. Because I had so many people come up to me and say, Julie, you just have to be strong, right? Yeah. And I like literally wanted to punch them in the face. Yeah. Because I am being strong. strong. Yeah. And people telling me that in that moment just felt so patronizing to yeah. me. Yeah. Right? No, I am a strong person. But actually, I don't need to be strong because I've just lost my dad. And yeah. if I want to cry uncontrollably then I'm gonna cry uncontrollably and don't tell me how I can and can't act like it was just so triggering to me and I think there's no one right way to deal with people we all have a different way that we want to be um to be handled or treated in that moment so maybe the part of it is finding the right dip buddy and then have a good conversation around how do you want me to handle this you know when you're in that place All right, did you catch those three tips for the dip that Juana shared? The first one was meditation. And this is a preventative measure to make sure that you don't go into the dip or if you do slip into the dip that you can get yourself out of there as fast as possible. The second one was if you're in the dip, whatever you do, do not go on social media because it's going to take you deeper into the dip because social media just inherently causes us to compare and believe that other people have lives that are better and perfect and ours aren't and it just takes us deeper into the dip. 
And then the third is not just to have a, a dip buddy, but to have the right dip buddy, not someone who's going to jump into the well with you. Now, in this last segment, we talk about an advanced technique of process or of feeling and emotion, really leaning into it when we're in that deep, dark place. And this is really, really a technique of feeling your way through the dip. Now, this is very, very Buddhist thinking of don't resist what it is that you're going through because true suffering actually comes from the resisting of the emotion, not the actual emotion. We also talk about when and why you may want to thank the dip and how to turn it into something positive. One thing that I've recently started to do, which has been very profound, and like you said, allowing yourself to be where you are, mm-hmm. but dropping the story. Ooh, okay. Which is, Can you explain that to people? Because there might be some people that don't understand what that means. Drop uh, the story. So for a long time, I'd always try to... So I'd feel, for example, I'd feel... Um, this sometimes happens that I'm kind of anxious. You know, I have like sometimes anxiety. It's gone away to a huge extent, but sometimes from time to time, like just anxious feelings will come up. Sometimes I feel like it's triggered by me being late or something, but sometimes I just feel like it's a deeper issue, but I always try to analyze it and go, I wonder where this is coming from. I wonder what sparked this, you know, and I overthink it and I try to get rid of it and try to count like almost, I shouldn't be feeling this way because I'm so thankful for this or, you know what I mean? I try to almost like work it out in my mind as Mm. opposed to just, feeling the emotion and letting it rise in my body and just being with it. I drop the story. I don't question where it is, why it's here, who brought it, why I'm feeling this way. How can I fix it or make it wrong or make it go away? Cause that's what mm-hmm. I would do all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Hey, how's it going? I let it sit there and I just feel it. And I swear it just, you know, maybe it'll take 15 minutes. Maybe it'll take half the day. But if I just drop the story, yeah. it just passes through my body. Because I think yes. emotions wants to move. But I think a lot of the time we resist ourselves from just feeling it. Like you said, sometimes you just need a good cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just you feel it, you cry, and you just let it go. And it's interesting because then you just bounce back to your natural way of being. Like, I mean, you see little kids, right? And they're on the playground and they get hurt, right? Like they don't try to make it go away and pretend like, oh, just be strong, pretend it never happened. Like some yeah. parents will try to say that. No, no, they cry, but then they're over it. And, and then you hand them a cookie it. and then they're smiling. Yeah, <laughs> and they forget about it, yeah. right? But the problem is, it's like we just make a big meaning out of it, you know? Like, to be honest, it's like I've gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm a pretty positive person. But if someone like leaves my life experience, there's still a mourning period that you have to go through. Yes. You know, and that doesn't yeah. mean you're not spiritually... Um, it doesn't mean you haven't done your work because you feel bad when this person leaves. No, it's just a natural process. Like you're given these emotions for a reason. We're not robots. Right. You and just need to feel them, be with them, and then just let them go. I love know? it. And that's because that's placing a judgment on yourself, yes. right? It's saying, I am a positive person, so I only ever have positive emotions, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you're not allowing yourself to have the the lower level emotions yeah. or the low vibration emotions. Um, emotions. This is a good chance. I want to come back to, I want to circle back to what you talked about thanking the dip for when it happens. Cause I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting concept. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about, is that having perspective to look back at what you went through and seeing the wisdom is it in it or what it's is a little that? bit of that, but it's also like, you know, for a long, I think we chose to be here because there's contrast, mm-hmm. you know, um, and again, you wouldn't know hot without cold. You wouldn't know love without hate. You wouldn't know all these things. So in order to really be on this planet, we have to embrace all ends of the spectrum. And I guess it's like every experience shows you what you do want. 
Mm. You know, and if you really truly believe in law of attraction, something comes into experience, you think it like, hey, when, you know, let's say you had a boyfriend and he wasn't kind to you in this sense. It's like most people just keep focusing on, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that, as opposed to going like, hey, thank you for showing me what I do want, and now I'm going to focus on what I do want. Mm. Most people just push against what they don't want, what they don't want, they keep attracting it in their experience. At least that's my personal perspective, and I've seen it happen in my own life. The more I pushed against something, as opposed to just going, hey, this experience showed me what I do want and now I'm just going to take my energy and really focus on what I do want. Nowadays it's like yeah you see these quotes everywhere. Live in the moment. Be happy. Blah blah blah. But like how do you actually do that? And I'm not going to say I'm no expert on it. I don't but I I constantly make it my goal to just be a better and happier version of myself. Yeah and I think you know you you bring up a good point is you know we all talk about conceptually how we want to live your life and actually living your life is that's a whole nother level of commitment. But then living and staying true to that when you're really tested and you're yeah. in these challenging times, like being in the dip, that's when that's really the true test of, you know, are you really living the way you want to live? I, I do strongly believe that you could take a dip and turn it into something positive mm-hmm. if you really start reframing it in your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think you can do that when you're in the dip or can you only do that once you're out of it? I think you do it in it. Yeah. You realize yeah. that it's like, hey, this is contrast. You know, it's here to show me what I do want. Once you master your emotions, then you are really powerful. Yeah. Because at the yeah. end of the day, I think we're Master really them or feel. observe them? Observe them, but also just realize that their emotions are going to pass through. I think a lot of people are yeah. scared of like, you know, for example, you're scared of taking that chance for your dream job or dating that person or asking them out because, oh my God, if they say no... The reason you're scared of it is because the emotions you're going to experience, you're going to feel unworthy, you're going to feel right. scared, you're going to feel like this. But can you imagine you just didn't really care? And it's like, hey, if you just rephrase it, like they say no, they say no, that's it. Right. Most people spend their entire life fearing those emotions. Yeah, being scared of emotion. That's because that is at point. the end of the day, you're not going to die. No. You know no. what I mean? Like if you, you know, but and this is coming from personal experience, I would like, you know, a guy, let's say, and I'd be scared for months on end to tell him that I liked him, but meanwhile, yeah. hold myself in the stage where like I didn't really know where we stood or anything like that. And it's like. Hey, at least if you just put it out there, you can move on with your life, right? But to me, the fear of, can I handle these emotions if I'm not receiving that from him? Mm. That's what always kept me back. It wasn't losing anything necessarily because I didn't have anything to lose because I didn't have him in that. This is a good point. I think I think a lot of us are scared of emotions, yeah. right? And it's that battle, the battle of the head and the heart. Yeah. And when we're in our head, we're thinking about doing, doing, doing. Yeah. And we're avoiding what we need to experience is, which is feeling the fear, the rejection, yeah. uh, the shame, whatever it is that's coming up that we think is unbearable. Yeah. And just feeling that and really experiencing it, go through it and then get to the other side. But yeah. we, we do. I think a lot of us are just too terrified to yeah. experience that emotion. So right? we push it away and, you know, try to, again, like I do, I do strongly believe like, yeah, don't feed it and don't wallow in it and everything like that. But if the same thing keeps happening over and over again and you just keep trying to rationalize it and push it away, I think it's like, hey, why don't I just try to be with it? I'm going to drop the story, mm-hmm. you know, or stop trying to figure it out or why I feel this way or go to psychotherapy I'm just gonna be with it yeah this is what fear feels like here this is what shame feels like and watch it will pass it can't stay yeah the more you lean into it and make it conscious exactly this is brilliant so I um I, I love I love the fact that we had a chance to sit down and talk about this you have shared so much wisdom Juana I'm so grateful for you and um, I think we should definitely do this again. This sure. was a good chance to, to chat, to catch up. And 
I also love that you get to share your wisdom with everyone else because, you know, even though you said you are just barely, not even, you're turning 30 this year, yeah. you, you're not even 30, you're still in your 20s, you are one of the wisest, most grounded people that I know, and I am so truly grateful to call you a friend. Thank you. I'm very, very fortunate to have you in my life. Aw, I, I am a friend millionaire. I love you too. And that's a wrap on my interview with Juana. Do you see why she's one of my favorite humans? If you want to check her out on Instagram and some of her incredible work, please go ahead and track her down on Instagram. You can find her at Juana Dragon. And yes, I will spell that for you again. So it's at O-A-N-A underscore D-R-A-G-A-N. So I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did in creating it. And I hope that you are inspired to have a really good, honest conversation with a friend. There is nothing too dark or too deep to discuss with someone that you trust and that you feel safe with. Ideally, have this conversation with your dip buddy. Tell them what it's like for you to be in the dip and how they can best support you when you're in there the next time. No judgment, no questions asked. And stay tuned next week when we dive even deeper into discussing the dip to understand what it is like. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for keeping it real. And thanks for being part of these conversations because by being here today, you are helping us make business more honest, more purposeful, and most importantly, more conscious.